Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to Text Talk, our ongoing conversation from Acts chapter 26. Edwin, how are you feeling today? Well, I mean, I'm doing mostly okay, but I've got issues. You I'm want, glad you... you want me to get into those right now, or <laughs> you want to just move on to the text? I'm glad you asked. I'm feeling podcastic myself. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been waiting all week to say that? I really thought I could walk you into it. If I asked you, you would just be polite to ask me, but you're like, oh, I'm Mr. Radical Honesty, man, and I'll tell you exactly how I'm doing today. <laughs> hey, Edwin, what's our text for today? <laughs> We're going to read Acts chapter 26, verses 9 through 11. <laughs> Acts chapter 26, verses 9. How are you doing today, Andrew? I'm sorry. You know, I'm so, I'm so, um, um, you know, activity oriented. I'm not relational and I don't think about you enough. But right now we're going to read Acts chapter 26, verses 9 through 11. This is Paul preaching. I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I did so in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them, and I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme, and in raging fury against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. Persecution. Well, I tell you, I mean, here here's the fellow who was the chief persecutor and the blasphemer. Uh, a chief of sinners, he will refer to himself in another passage in First Timothy chapter 1. I've said often, it's not easy being Paul, and for a variety of reasons. I think part of it is remembering I was the one who caused Christians to blaspheme, mm. or I did my best to. Mm-hmm. And what does that imply? Well, as even he talks about here, horrible persecution, um, even to death. He was against them, people dying for the faith. And boy, it just raises the question, what if what if they tried to make me blaspheme? What if they tried to make you blaspheme? That's the thing that grabs my attention as I'm reading this. You know, it's one thing to be taken up and, and arrested and thrown in prison and beaten and then executed just because, hey, we're going to do this. We don't like what you're doing. We're going to take immediate action. It's another thing to say that, no, 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 we're going to take our time. And yeah. before we execute you, we're going to... We're going to try to get you to recant. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to get you to curse your God. We're going to try to get you to deny Jesus Christ. And we're going to take our time with that. Yeah, there's going to be torture involved and terrible unpleasantness. And I think the the, the rub, the challenge with all of that is you do have the power to make it stop. Just say the words that they want to hear. Mm-hmm. Blaspheme God. Curse God. Curse God and die. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and throughout history, people have developed some very creative ways to inflict pain and torment and torture. So it's... Yeah, um, I mean, it, it'll turn your stomach. Um, and the, to know that believers have faced those things in ages past and even terrible persecutions in other parts of the world today. I'm not wanting to be depressing or morbid or scare people. However, you know, I, I do... I think I've become comfortable. We've lived in a culture that has been very supportive. Uh, even now, as much as we get upset 
about how things in America seem to be turning further and further away from Christianity. I mean, I don't know in America anybody who's been arrested and beaten and tortured and tried to and, and been caused to blaspheme God. Um, no, you you read some uh, harrowing accounts, but not in my personal experience either. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, going back through history, though, we see that the Apostle Paul says, "I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, he insolent could, opponent." Yeah, absolutely. And and so in his mind, he was in those rooms when some of those things were happening. There are other accounts, though. I think about the uh, early second century, where a Roman governor, Pliny. I was trying to decide what to do with Christians who apparently were persistent in meeting together and worshiping, even though Rome did not want them to do so. And he shares in a letter to the um, emperor at that time about what he's doing about it in his own governance. Quote, I have asked them if they are Christians, and if they admit it, I repeat the question a second and a third time with a warning of the punishment awaiting them. If they persist, I order them to be led away for execution, For whatever the nature of their admission, I am convinced that their stubbornness and unshakable obstinacy ought not to go unpunished. He goes on to describe how he took a couple of, I believe, women who said, well, we used to be Christians, but we've stopped. We've stopped. I mean, he got a couple of recanters. Uh, but, But then he tortured them to more to find out, well, what did it mean to be a Christian? What were you doing together? Quote, they also declared that the sum total of their guilt or error amounted to no more than this. They met regularly before dawn on a fixed day to sing verses alternately amongst themselves in honor of Christ as if to a God, and also to bind themselves by oath, not for any criminal purpose, but to abstain from theft, robbery, and adultery. I mean, isn't that incredible that he's torturing people to find out what they do, and they say, well, we sing to Jesus Christ as a God, And then we hold each other accountable, making sure that we're not the ones thieving, robbing, committing adultery. We commit ourselves to be law-abiding citizens and to do good things. And for this, they were tortured. For this, they were killed. It's incredible. And the fearful thing is, what if I was the one looking at a governor like that? What if I was the one staring at Saul of Tarsus in the room and the chains were on me? What if I was being compelled to blaspheme? I don't want persecution to begin again. I certainly don't want torment and torture to become the norm again. I, I do think this, though. When I, when I hear what early Christians went through, and of course it's not just early Christians. I mean, up for 1,500, 1,600 years, there were 1,700 years, there were aspects of this kind of torment and torture going on. And sadly, it got to a point where some people who claimed to be Christian were even the ones who were perpetrating this kind of torment and torture for others who claimed to be Christian, but said, yeah. well, no, you're wrong on this. You're, you're, yeah. you know, we, we, we have that going back and forth. Inquisition, and 30 year war, all, all those kinds, kinds of things. things. Yeah. So, so this, this was happening. I mean, really the, the norm for 1800 years, 1700 years was you're faithful to the Lord, you might get persecuted. You're really likely to get persecuted. It's only been in the last 250 years here in America where uh, maybe 300 years where that's kind of diminished. 
but, taken but, on less overt here and, and violent forms. Yes, in very yes. much. So, you know, here's the interesting thing. I'm afraid for myself that because we have gotten into a society that has been so positive and supportive, that there's almost this laxity that I have in my mind that God would never expect me to, to do something that would cause folks to hate me. God would never expect me to do something that would cause folks to be really mad at me. God would never expect me to do something that would make our society hate us and say all kinds of awful things about us. Mm-hmm. And yet that's actually been the norm for all of almost all of Christian existence until recently. And so I have to ask, where would I be if, if real persecution happened? So when the Lord talks about what it means to be a disciple— Take up your cross daily and follow me. I mean, Ellen, what what's the cross? Does that mean that in this world there's sicknesses? <laughs> well, you and, know, you know what, what Andrew, what's your all, cross? Is it is it a, this, this personality quirk I, I, that other people just don't you know appreciate? Well, you know, I've got I've got this this thing going on with my arm right now. You were asking me how I'm doing. I, I've got this terrible thing going on with my arm right now. Who knows? I might have to have surgery. But we all have our cross to bear. Yeah. And and that arm looks bad. I mean, I, I don't like looking at it right now. It's probably the one time it's a good thing we don't have video. <laughs> you know, that it's interesting. You got to do something about that. <laughs> I know. No kidding. Uh, you know, we have this this uh, idea that bearing the cross is just having a burden, but that's not it. Cross was an implement of death. When he says, take up your cross, he's saying you pick up the thing that's going to kill you and you follow me to your death. But this this the the really amazing thing about it is is this implement of death mm-hmm. actually is the tree of life. Mm-hmm. And the path to the kingdom of heaven is the path of tribulation. It's not the rose garden path. Mm-hmm. Paul says this in Acts chapter 14 as he's going he's established all these churches and now he's heading back through those churches he established on the first missionary journey and his main message all the way along was guys the path to the kingdom is through tribulation. Yeah. And I have to tell you that while there is glory there for those that are faithful and blessing, we also need to remember that persecution is one of the real tools in the devil's toolbox, who is also waging a war against uh, the goodness of God and his people. And that goes back to ancient times. You can read in the book of Job in the first couple of chapters how so many um, terrible uh, tragedies befall Job and in back of that is basically the devil's um, thesis that if I bring enough hardship onto a person, a God-fearing person, I can bring that person to curse God, mm. to curse God and die. Um, and and it's tools of hardship throughout. We've had a pandemic going on. Yeah. And one of the things that have happened during this pandemic is churches have been asked not to meet. And I, I know for a time we didn't meet. Yeah, that's right. In our assemblies, and we've done everything we can to try to get back into that going. And I think every congregation has its its right and its opportunity to say that here's an extenuating circumstance by which we can't meet. But one of the things that does concern me that we have to make sure we're steering clear of is the argument that says, well, the reason we should not meet is because we'll look bad to the community. Mm -hmm. And if we don't meet, our community will say bad things about us and our community will not like us. It's one thing for an eldership to say, we believe that our members are a danger to one another right now. And so we're going to, under an extenuating circumstance, not meet. 
it's it's one thing to for say that, that we believe we are a danger to the community, so we're for a season not going to meet. That's one thing. And so I'm not I'm not getting into the argument about whether or not churches were allowed to cancel their assemblies. But if the reason we're not going to meet is because a governor has said your church can't meet and because the folks next door and down the street, if they see us meeting, are going to think ill of us and talk bad about us and call us names. Let's remember what these folks went through. They were called names. They were called wicked, terrible, awful things. Uh, Why? Because we meet together and because we sing and we praise God and we put our faith in him and we're going to hold one another accountable to serve the Lord. You know, it may well be that over the next few months that there are some people, churches that are fined. Well, I mean, arrested. There are different rules coming out from different states. But, yeah, there are particular states. And I think anyone that's been reading the news knows that California and Nevada would be at the top of those lists. I'm very thankful that here in our (laughs) county and in our state, there's been some real recognition that churches value of faith, the importance of worship and hope for everyone, that it is essential and it truly is. And not every state's like that. And so, you know, my, my heart and my prayer is for great courage, uh, for, for the Christians in those places, uh, because it really might be being fined. It really might mean that the preacher is going to get litigated, um, you know, and, and other type of hardship from the state for meeting to worship. And I, I do not want to act like what we just described there is the same thing that Paul went through. It's not. It's not even close yet. But who knows where, where things are going to get. I'm just, I'm just asking, boy, I have to back up and think. As I said, I get lax, I get comfortable, and I start to say to myself, well, God would never expect us to do this. He would never expect us to do something that everyone around us would hate us for. He would never expect us to do something that everyone around us would mock us, belittle us, maybe even want to arrest us or fine us for. And yet, that is exactly how Christianity started. That is really how it happened for centuries. Most always. And I have to ask, what if it happens to me? Am I going to be ready to stand up and take it? And are, are we as brethren going to be ready to stand up and support one another continue proclaiming the gospel, continue worshiping and honoring God no matter what comes against us. It scares me. I don't like talking about this. This is now one of my least favorite episodes, but it's something that we've got, I I have to think about. I've got to be prepared for. Well, it's compelling and it's timely and we want to be faithful uh, no matter what the temptation or the trial may be. Uh, And so we ought to have a prayer about that. Of course, we want to hear from you. Send us your emails, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org and uh, everyone, why don't you lead us in prayer? Holy God, You who are powerful beyond our imagination. We know that there are folks who wish we would blaspheme, who wish we would curse you, your son and your spirit, that we would deny you, that we would reject you, that we would simply stop proclaiming your gospel, that we would stop letting folks know about the light and exposing the darkness that is in the world around us. And I pray, Father, that as the nations rage around us, you will fill us with boldness, with confidence, and that you, through us, will testify to the world that there is a difference between your people and the world, and that you will strengthen us to maintain our faithfulness and our stand for your gospel and the hope of resurrection to draw folks into your family. And while there will be numerous people who will hate us and despise us for that, 
I pray, Father, that you would also lead us to the people that will be impacted, who will come to you, who will surrender their allegiance to your son, and that we can show them the hope of his kingdom and that they would be a part of it for all eternity. God, give us strength, give us courage, give us boldness and confidence. We love you so very much. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day.